Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. Brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture, the best patio furniture you can buy. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, we got some great help. The best help? I wouldn't oh. say you can buy it. You can't buy it because she's priceless. Well, oh, aren't you fact. something? Good I'm grief. trying to think very fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Julie Weisenhorn's back with us. Nice to see you again, Julie. Thanks. Thanks hey, for coming in. Good to be here. And it's 37. It's brisk out there. It is. It was a windy as well yep. as it was yeah, this morning. Yeah, it sure yeah. was. It was very uh, windy. And I, I, I got my sweater on. I got my wool socks on. I guess winter's finally arrived. Yeah. <laughs> Although this week now, I'm looking. This week fact, looks pretty good, though. I wanted to ask you about that because I was thinking, well, you guys always say, or usually say, that before winter, if you have shrubs, especially newer shrubs, I believe, uh, is make sure they're watered right, yeah, uh, keep, right up until. Yeah, keep watering. It looks like a dry weed coming up. It does. So, so, yeah, if you haven't turned your hose off, keep watering those shrubs, especially your evergreens in particular, because they have to hang on to all those needles through the winter, and so they need to have enough moisture to do that. Is it... Forbidden uh, to to fertilize anything this time of year. Um, we really don't. I, I don't know if we'd even do a lawn uh, weed and feed at this point. Probably not um, because it's getting pretty chilly. But um, uh, there's dormant seeding that's available though that or that you could do coming up around November. Now that's not a fertilization. That's more of a that's an overseeding of your lawn so that that seed is ready. To germinate in the spring when the wet, when the temperatures warm up. I'm going to do I, that again this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think probably house plants is is a good topic uh, to talk about because uh, now is definitely people have brought their house plants in. I brought all mine in now, and anything else outside is toast. But um, but I think that uh, fertilizing those plants when they're actively growing is important, and they probably still are because you've just brought them in. So. Um, that's probably about it. I don't yeah. know if you do a whole lot of fertilizing anywhere else. You don't want to prompt any new growth. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, I tell you what, if you have a lawn or garden type of question for Julie, call it in or text it in. We have cleared the lines. Folks are starting to call in. 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send Julie a text, 81807. 81807. Texter says, oh boy, they came in fast. Can I prune my apple trees now? No. Do not prune your apple trees yet. You want to wait until uh, those plants, the plants are going into dormancy right now. So as the temperatures drop and, and our weather changes, our plants are gradually going into dormancy so that they can survive through the winter. So dormancy is basically they're not growing. There's, they're not putting out any energy into any part of that plant except just to kind of stay put. And uh, so apple trees, you want to wait until 
uh, around March, February, March, uh, to to prune those. The plants will be in dormancy, and then uh, they'll start certainly uh, deacclimating or coming out of dormancy gradually, hopefully, in the spring. And so uh, apple trees, uh, uh, yeah, definitely March. Okay. When and how should bulbs be mulched? So if you've planted spring-hardy bulbs, uh, tulips, daffodils, crocus, snowdrops, uh, etc., you can uh, just mulch those with uh, leaf mulch is really cheap <laughs> right now. And, uh, and it helps if you have a mower with a bagger on it and you can bag that up because that chops those leaves up. They get a little finer uh, versus just big piles of leaves on, those mul- on the mulch. But uh, you can also use clean straw. Clean straw means that it doesn't have seeds in it. And you can buy that uh, at garden centers. You can buy a bale of, bale of straw. And um, so that's, that's all good ways to do that. Uh, you could, I don't know if I'd use grass clippings. They kind of mat down too much over the bulbs. But leaf mulch is a great thing to use. All right. Uh, what do you do with old potting soil, pot dirt? Oh, How do you question. get rid of it? Uh, I would compost it. Yeah. Uh, it, it does contain microbes. And you can just dump it right in your composter and give it a turn with your garden fork, and you, uh-huh. you'll have good compost with potting soil in there. Doug in Lakeville has a correction for us, I think. Oh, excellent. We'll find out. Doug, what's your correction? Well, I just wanted to comment. Uh, this time of year is the best to put heavy nitrogen down on your grass because even though, like, uh, uh, is it Sue there with you? That's uh, Julie. Oh, Julie, I'm sorry. And Julie mentioned that uh, the top is slowing down the growth of the leaves of everything right now. As falling off or slowing down the grasses the same way. As soon as it stops, as soon as this top is slows down, the roots go crazy if you can feed it with high nitrogen. I don't work for a lawn service, but I did, so I got to learn that kind of stuff. But uh, it's a good time to feed the lawn right now. And then the uh, benefit of that, too, is going to be one of the first green yards in the spring, too. Yeah, I was wondering uh, if it was the temperature, too. If, uh, you yeah, know, if it's uh, too, too cold yet and that, that fertilizer not going to. Not going to break down. No, it'll it'll break down. Okay, we'll get moisture good. Still, but uh, yeah, you know, you, bluegrass is a cool season grass right here, so you're not going to burn it up this time of year with anything right. going on. Right. Okay. All Great. right. Very good, Doug. Thanks, Thank Doug. You. We have smart listeners. We too, do have right? smart we listeners. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's see. Where did I leave off here? I have texture says a five foot round flower bed with all daylilies. It's forty years old. Not doing well. Just a few still bloom, very sparse. Any way to revive the plants? Yes. Uh, in the spring, as they start to come up, uh, I would dig them up That's a, uh, and, and divide them. And also throw out those that are not doing very well and make room for new plants. You can either keep going with your day lilies or you can mix in uh, maybe some other kinds of lilies, Asiatic or Oriental. And uh, and you could also look at um, maybe some other. You could plant some bulbs in between them right now. Actually, that would be a pretty cool thing to do. That would come up uh, before the daylilies and bloom. So that would make a nice show in the spring. All right. Say, so, you know what we haven't done yet is mention that you guys put together and have have <laughs> rededicated that website and really- yeah, the extension site, uh, extension.umn.edu. And we are under the tab uh, Yard and Garden. And it's, yeah, they've been, oh, man, our communications people have been working day and night on this website. And they've done a great job. It's really, uh, really coming together nicely. 
And the uh, the information, we've, we kind of have reorganized it a little bit, a lot actually, but um, we want to make it easy for people to find the information. And this is gardeners of all skill levels. And so uh, you'll see that the publications start out, a lot of them, with kind of quick facts. So you can read that and go, wow, yeah, this is interesting. And then you can go down and read some more. We've done a lot more bulletins, so it's fast and easy to find information. And, uh, and lots of photos. We've been working hard on adding a lot more photos. It's a lot more efficient, I would assume. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. You know, it always takes Easier a while to, to get used to it. You know, you, you kind of go, oh, no, that's not my favorite link. So you'll have to just make a new favorite link. All right, very good. By the way, I know we have to break here shortly, but I know it's, boy, it's hard to believe it's been another year or so <laughs> that the abiders are going to be performing again. Yes, yeah. We are going to be at the Tonka Brew Fest on Saturday, November 3rd, out in Minnetrista at Galewoods Farm. It's a fundraiser for our West Tonka Rotary, and the Rotary does amazingly great things around the community. And uh, and we're happy to be a part of it. This will be the sixth year we've been part of it. And the whole whole band, me and the boys, will be there. So well, I'm thinking a lot yeah. of new listeners don't yeah. even know what, that yeah. you do this uh, for yeah, fun. Yeah, kind of a side, side yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be a lot of fun. And our buddy Steve Ross is, is going to be playing... Uh, Playing bass for us, you know our our friend Gary uh, Kobus, who's a master gardener, oh, yeah. beekeeper, extraordinary uh, pepper grower. He uh, has been having some health issues, so uh, we're actually having a benefit for him on November eighteenth uh, in Delano. And you can visit my uh, Facebook page to find out more information about that. All right, good deal. We'll mention that again before you, you, you take your leave. And we're playing at that too. How do I get <laughs> rid of grass in a flower bed without killing uh, the flowers? So, uh, yeah, boy, um, you can, you can do that. You, that's kind of hard to do. I think, uh, it, you might call for a renovation of that flower bed, meaning that you're going to be digging up and saving the plants you want to keep, uh, and then killing everything else off and then replanting. And it's actually, it sounds like a lot of work, but it's actually kind of a, a good time to examine the plants. You can do this in the spring. Don't do it now. But uh, to examine the plants and then um, divide plants, as we mentioned, with the daylily bed. And also add new plants. There's so many great new plants out of garden centers. And you might just need to, you know, rejuvenate that, that bed. And, and it might, you know, really turn out to be an opportunity to put in some things you've admired, but you just haven't had a place for it. So rejuvenation of a bed is important, a renovation. Um, but sometimes that's the only thing you can do if you've got a lot of grass and other weeds in there. Yeah. Rather than try to carefully kill off just those little, uh, just the grass. Makes sense. But hang on, Julie. We need to take a break. We have more show to come on our Smart Garden Show. Call it in or text in your lawn or garden question, 651-989-9226. And the text number again is 81807. We'll pick up on both when we come back. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota Extension. Go Gophers. Go Gophers, yes. Uh, And go listeners. And go listeners, yeah. Because we have callers, we have texters. Let's uh, put you back to work here. Who's been waiting? Sharon is in Eden Prairie with a question. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. morning. I have an azalea plant. It's blossoming the second time. It's blossoming right now. Um, But I only have leaves where the flowers are, and the branches don't produce leaves. Uh, yeah, and that's actually a feature of the plant. It, oh. it, it doesn't get leafy all along the branch. 
Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. I was afraid. No, I that's thought, fine. I thought about trimming it back. So if you're, yeah, if, sometimes you get these long branches on azaleas that kind of stick out funny. Uh-huh. And you can trim those back and you want to trim just to above where that point where it bloom, a blossom or the leaves and or the leaves come out. Oh. So you just bring it, bring that branch down to that next growing point. That probably won't look so great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing too, though, if if you do prune it now, if 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 it hasn't bloomed on that branch, then it's you know you're going to be cutting off some flower buds probably for spring. Well, that's what I was wondering mm-hmm. because it's it's beautiful. I mean, it nice. blossoms in the spring or earlier, and then it's blossoming right now, even with the cold weather and everything. It looks yeah. beautiful. My mom's uh, she has two kinds of azaleas. Uh-huh. Uh, up north, and they do the same thing periodically. So does my sister-in-law over in Alexandria. Yeah. All right. It's just the way the plants are. Oh, thank you. At yeah. least I know I don't have a dumb plant. Nope. <laughs> nope. You have an excellent plant. Uh, all right, Sharon. Thanks <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, Sharon leaves that uh, line open at uh, 651-989-9226. We'll grab a text or two in a moment. But uh, Miller's calling from... Golden Valley, Minnesota. Miller, good morning. Good morning. I thank you so much for your show. Thank you. I have two questions about putting my garden to rest. We took everything up, and it's ready to rest, except for we left the carrots and the beets in, and I'm wondering, is there any uh, value to this? And the second thing, I I did turn uh, most of the garden over. Should I put compost on that now, or should I wait till the spring? And I'll listen for your answer. Thank okay. You. Thanks. Um, I understand that, and I'm not a avid vegetable gardener, but that carrots and beets will, particularly carrots, will um, uh, get sweeter as they uh, when they get hit with a little cold. Mm. And I think um, you probably would want to. Mm, I don't even know if you need to mulch over those root vegetables right now, just to you know, and then pull it. I, I maybe would. I'd put some straw over those, uh, just to make sure that they don't freeze solid as we get into the uh, colder weather. Uh, as far as the compost, this would be a good time to do that with your garden. It would save you the work in the spring because there's always so many things to do. And uh, get rid of your compost for you if you uh, have a compost bin that you've uh, made your own compost. And so, yeah, this is a good time to do that. All right. Very good, It's ready then for the spring. Thank you for the call. Greg in Big Lake is next up on CCO. Hi, Greg. Hi. Hello. Appreciate you guys taking the call. You bet. And it's funny, I heard you talk about turning a, a, a rejuvenating a flower bed, and my wife and I were literally doing that this year. And we dug up uh, probably four or five perennials, and we put them in pots over the summer as we were putting killer and, and everything else on the flower bed. So that's the flower bed's pretty much died out, but I don't know, what do I do with the plants that we have in the pots? Do I put them inside? Do I put them in the shed so they, they freeze? We just don't know what to do with those to try to keep them. Okay. Well, um, uh, you probably couldn't, you could replant them. It's a little bit late to do that, but you could replant them. Uh, or you could do what we call heal them in, which is uh, to tuck them into an area kind of temporarily. You can leave them in the pot. You can sink the pots in the ground. Uh, you can, and then bury them in leaves. Okay. Uh, you can, and that will protect them for the winter. But we do want to put them back into the ground. I don't want to put them back in the flower bed because of all the killer and stuff that we oh, put in there. Oh, sure, sure. Or something along those right, lines. Right, yeah. And and those uh, whatever product you used would tell you when you can replant that area. Okay. So, uh, 
But yeah, you, so you could go ahead. I would just um, I would just tuck them under a big pile of leaves, uh, maybe bury them a little bit, and that should protect them for the winter. All right, sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, Thanks, you Greg. Thank you for the call and six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text. I'm going to grab one text before we uh, take a break. Do do do. Have <laughs> texter says twelve. Three foot Black Hill spruce planted uh, July 2017. Have some a uh, little yellowing. What do I have to do? I've been uh, watering. So the Black Hill spruce uh, is turning yellow. Some little mm. yellowing. That boy um, has that been happening this season? I thought uh, you guys I were talking. I don't about know. That. I haven't heard that about spruce. Spruce have a number of different issues. Needle needle issues. Um, the yellowing could be from. Um, boy, it could be from any number of things. I would say that if they're all turning yellow, then I would contact an arborist, one of our certified arborists here in the Twin Cities and or in your in your area, and I would have them come out and look at them because that's a lot of trees. And if they're all doing it, then it could be that there's um, something going on in that, in that uh, area. Um, we've had a lot of rain, so I doubt it's drought. Um, if they're all on one side... It could be that there was a little bit of herbicide damage, maybe. Um, it could be a nutritional issue if it's pretty evenly throughout the trees, uh, that they're maybe needing, you know, some tree stakes or something. So I think because of I always say this with with trees because they're so valuable and you do so you invest so much into a tree, not just from a money standpoint, but also time for the growth. But it's always great to contact a certified arborist. And have them come out and take a look at your trees. That's a that's a good thing to do, even if you're not having a problem. Is have someone come and take a look at your trees. That's a good idea. Yeah, we have a lot of good ones. We here. We have a lot so, of good ones yeah. in Minnesota. They go through a lot of education. Uh, they work a lot with the University of Minnesota, our forest resources team, and uh, and they really uh, really do a, a fabulous job. So uh, a certified arborist is is a good idea. I think we're good. We need to take a break. More Smart Garden Show coming up here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show brought to us by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. One of our friends, Julie Weisenhorn, is in the studio helping you out. She's I like, giggling. I'm, she's I like in that, that music fade out. As it <laughs> yes. It's kind of neat. High-class production. That was good, here. Dennis. Yes. All right. We have, as you can see, Julie, uh, filled lines and a lot yeah, of text messages lot of as well. So I'll tell you what, let's, awesome. let's pick up on the phone calls because people in some cases have been waiting a bit. Uh, let's see. Who's one of them? Kathy is calling from St. Paul. Kathy, you're on with Julie. Good morning. Good morning. See, I just want to share something. I was so excited because you know how you have to dig up your dahlias and overwinter right. them? And that was always not very successful for me. Okay. So last, two years ago now, I left the dahlias in the pot. They come in, and I and I plant them in a larger planter. So then in the fall, I wait until all the leaves turn kind of, um, I, I don't know, kind of brown or whatever, mm-hmm. not completely dead, but th- you can tell they're, sure. n- they're just dry. And then I take the, pot, take the pot out of the planter where it's been, and I just put it in the basement okay. as it is, and mm-hmm. I just leave it all winter long with all that dead foliage on it. And then in the spring, I cut back all that foliage, I cut the stems back and start watering it, and my plants come back. Oh, good. And That's it's great. Like, and, they, and they've grown like the one plant is now three plants. So oh, I can, excellent. I know. So it's like if 
people want to try it, you don't really have to dig them out. If I mean, it was just fabulous. That's great. Yeah. That's good to hear. I haven't grown dahlias, so that's uh, that's nice to, to hear that. I've done that with canna lilies. Oh, okay. And I have them, and they're in big five-gallon buckets, and they oh. fit down in my outside planter. And I, I slide them right into our garage. That's about 50 degrees over the winter. Oh, that's good, yeah. But I, it really worked, and it's, like I say, good. two years now. So uh, that's the way I'm going. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. All right, Congratulations. Good. Thanks, Kathy. Appreciate the input. Uh, who is next? It would be Sue calling from River Falls, I believe. Sue, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi, Sue. Thank you. Hello. Hello? Oh, I can hardly hear you. Hello. Are you on a speakerphone? Oh. Yeah. Okay. There, that's better. Uh, that's better. Oh, okay. Um, I'm starting to think that Neptune tea roses are a lot of work. <laughs> what would happen if, <laughs> if I just... Cut them off about seven inches, berm them with compost, and uh, pack them with straw and put burlap on top of the straw. Would that kill them? Well, it, I, I, I don't think it would kill them, but you would start with an awfully small plant next year. Hmm. So uh, by cutting them down seven inches, it would take quite a bit of the season to, to for that plant to grow a good uh, you know, a good good form and also um, flowering branches. So that's one of the reasons the Minnesota tip method on hybrid tea roses, where we dig a trench and we we basically tip the plant over into that trench and bury this. This is what they do at the Wilson Rose Garden at the Arboretum uh, every year, and then uh, and then tip the plant back up in the spring. That's one of the reasons that you do it with those roses, because if you do cut them down like that, you just you don't have much rose to start with next spring. So you could try it if you're if you're kind of saying ah it's either that or they die but I don't think I bother at that point that's a lot of work just you bury them you may as well tip them right <laughs> I would yeah, yeah it takes more room that's uh, the only thing all right Sue thank you yeah. hope that helps uh, t- <laughs> Texas has planted bulbs I'm sorry tulips last weekend should we apply bulb fertilizer well th- there's a mixed I- I'm actually um, working on a bulb publication right now for our website, the content about that. And I've, I've read mixed reviews on that. Uh, some people will put uh, bulb food in when, uh, when they plant the bulb. But the bulbs actually, if you've bought a new bulb and it's a good firm bulb um, or if the, you know, that's been a healthy plant, it, um, and you're planting those bulbs now, uh, then the bulb itself has got a lot of energy in it. If you are if if you have a bulb garden and you're wondering about fertilizing it, yes, you could fertilize that bulb garden for spring. Um, you could wait though until spring until they send up the flower shoot and then do the fertilizing of that bulb garden. So, just to recap, because that was confusing, I'm sure. Uh, if you're planting bulbs, it's up to you if you want to add bulb food, but you don't necessarily have to. If you are if you have a bulb garden. You want to fertilize that when the bulbs are start to actively grow in the spring. There. All right. Very good. <laughs> All right. That was good. Nicely put. Thank you. Uh, Diane in Diane St. Paul is uh, next up here. Diane, thanks for waiting. Yes. Hi. Good I have morning. a fern, a house fern, a little house fern. Okay. And it's turning yellow um, as the winter approaches, and I'm not sure what to do. Has it been outside? No, it's okay. been inside the whole inside. summer. I bought it earlier in the summer at a little grocery store. Uh, it could be too wet. 
Um, ferns are ferns like to, they they're not uh, wet soil type plants. So if it's oh. if it's a pot in a pot, you know you get sometimes you'll mm-hmm. get in a decorative pot. Be sure that you're taking it out of the decorative pot when you water it, and put it put mm-hmm. it in the sink and then water it really well. Let it drain really well and put it back in its pot. But you you really want to feel that soil, and if it's moist at all, it doesn't need to be watered. Okay, thanks. All right, very That's good. That's going to be my guess. Thanks, uh, Diane. It's oftentimes an issue with house plants. And texter, by the way, uh, overwatering a text number. Although I shouldn't give it because we have so many eight one eight zero seven. What is the second best side of the house to have my house plants on? Since I don't have a south window, oh, probably a west or easterly window is nice. If you have a nice big morning, if you like a lot of morning sun, that's a good window too. Um, a lot of houseplants don't need to be in absolute direct sun all the time. A lot of our houseplants are tropicals and they're understory plants. And uh, and they do well in just a really bright window. It's a little cooler, too. Sometimes those southern windows get pretty hot. And our houses are warm enough right now, you know, in the wintertime for our houseplants. So a cool window is also a, a benefit, too. All right. Let's go back to the phones, Julie. Mona is calling from uh, Little Falls, I believe, with a question. Hi, Mona. Hi. Yes. Morning. Um, quick question here. I have a wall of lilacs, and um, instead of bagging, I the last three years I've been raking leaves in the lilacs. Um, so my question is, will the lilac roots um, start to rise out of the ground or, you know, or, um, instead of, you know, uh, because of the... the the cover from all those. Oh, I see. And they are packing down a little bit, but is that going to be a problem down the road? Probably not for lilacs. Lilacs are pretty tough plants, and um, they don't tend to. You might you might see a few surface roots, but not because of the not because of the uh, leaves. It's it's been probably really beneficial for them to be mulched like that. So um, leaves make a great mulch, and we have a lot of leaves, and uh, it's a good way to use your leaves. Um, I would be a, a little, you know, you might want to look, just check it out, just move that leaf mulch, but it should be breaking down pretty nicely. But it's, they're not going to, they're not going to start growing up into the leaves, the roots. They're, they'll stay down in the soil. All right, Mona, thank you. Uh, Bob is on a cell phone with a question. Bob, what is your question for Julie? Uh, very quick question. Sorry about the road noise. I've got <laughs> a, a ginkgo tree planted in May of 2017. Okay. Uh, I was just about ready to pull the thing out because it didn't leaf out. And then in August, it leafed out for the first time all summer. Wow. I'll sit back and listen. Sorry about the <laughs> Wow. I, I, I'm not really sure. I, I, it's just the, just the plant doing its thing, I think. I don't, I don't really know why it would have waited till August. It, ginkgos are slow growers, uh, so they sometimes take a while. Um, and there was just something that prompted that tree to hold off leafing out until August. Um, if it, I, I'm guessing because it did leaf out now that it, that next spring it will leaf out normally. Um, but again, it's a slow, they're slow plants. They take a while to get established and they take a while to, they're slow growers. So they're not, they don't grow very quickly. Um, so just keep an eye on it. Uh, like with any tree, especially new trees, be sure you're watering it enough. We had a lot of water this year, which was great. And uh, and mulch the tree, mulch around the base of the tree. And and try to, uh, the nice thing with the mulch is that then you're not having to mow up over, around, uh, close to the trunk. 
And that's important because we don't want to damage that trunk with our mowers or weed whips or anything like that. So just keep it really healthy and, and uh, enjoy it. It's a great tree. Julie, we have to take a quick break. We have more show to come. Uh, you can call in your lawn or garden questions or send a text. And uh, in the meantime, a windy day, 35, is the Twin City temperature reading. And we'll be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Julie Weisenhorn is in from the University of Minnesota Extension. This and let's is, get that website. This again. is fun to do. It is. Well, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah, our website, extension.umn.edu. And go to the Yard and Garden tab. Um, loads of information. More coming every day. All right. Excellent. Uh, let's talk to Jack, who's calling from Woodbury. Uh, Jack, you're on CCO with Julie. Hi. I've got a hibiscus that I've had potted outside all summer. Great. And uh, in years past, I've never really been successful bringing it in. I thought once I was supposed to let it go dormant or something like that. And then if you have time, I was also wondering if it's better to split hostas in the fall or spring. Okay. Well, the hosta questions really both are, are good questions. Um, hostas, I would wait till spring. Uh, namely because now we're uh, pretty close to pretty cold weather and the plants won't have enough time to reestablish themselves uh, before they go into dormancy. We want to really let those plants just go into dormancy and, and so they can reemerge in the spring. Also in the spring, they're much smaller, and they and it's really easy to dig them up as you start to see the, the shoots coming up. You can dig up the whole thing, chop it in sections, and then pl- plant those out, and you'll have nice rounded forms uh, in the you know coming up then for the growing season. Plus, those plants get the whole season to reestablish. As far as the hibiscus goes, um, it's great to keep those from year to year. When you bring it into the house, prune it back maybe about a third or so. Those you can actually even prune back a little bit further if you've got some real. If it's a really big plant and you've got limited space, you can cut it you know in half. You cut it or cut it down uh, about halfway. And then uh, take that time to clean off the soil surface because insects might, uh, might live in those, uh, like plant debris. Um, wipe the pot off really well or even repot the plant. That's another uh, good thing to do at this time of year with house plants when you bring them in. Be sure to check the bottom of the pot too. Sometimes slugs or uh, sow bugs will kind of uh, hang out down there, earwigs. And, um, and then put it in a sunny window and just water it as usual. One of the things, too, is is uh, if you have foliage on that hibiscus, just be aware that it's probably going to drop all of its foliage. And just keep cleaning it up. Don't let it accumulate on the soil surface. Uh, keep watering it when it's dry. Make sure that it's dry and it's draining well. And uh, and then it will just re-leaf out. So uh, they're pretty easy plants to keep from year to year. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that, that's... The- that was pretty. <laughs> My goodness, you have this control. Ta-da! How about that? Yeah, it's yeah. almost like maybe that caller won a prize. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it did sound like it didn't, that, didn't but <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's a hibiscus story. But house plants—you want to really look those plants over and make sure you're bringing clean plants in. You brought your orchestra with you today. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, can I plant? Is it time to plant garlic? Yes, it is. Garlic is a. Uh, we plant that uh, now, and actually, when you buy the bulbs, you'll break the bulbs apart and you'll plant the cloves. And uh, this is a good time to plant garlic. And, and next spring, it'll come up, and you'll you'll have plant you'll have garlic scapes, which are the flower buds. Cut those off and throw them in your food. They're great, mm. super delicious. And uh, and then the flower, and then when that garlic, it'll leaf out, and then it'll start to bend 
or bend over and start to turn a little brown, that's when you want to dig it up, hang it to dry it, and uh, and then enjoy it after that. I always have trouble pronouncing this, Julie. Can I trim Wajila? Wajila. Oh, I said it. Very good. All right. Well, the question is, can I trim it now? Texture wants. No, to. you want to wait. Uh, you want to wait to trim that. Um, we're getting kind of close to winter, and what happens when you trim a, a shrub is it, it the plant is prompted to put out new growth. And our concern about pruning now is that uh, that when you cut every cut you make has a potential of putting out some new leaves. If we get a stretch of warm weather, we might get new growth, and then you know, as well as I do, that cold weather's right around the corner, and it could kill that new growth. So okay. wait until uh, after it blooms next year. Texter, and we're trying to pick up on all these text messages. Is it necessary to cover iris for the winter? How soon should I cut them back? Uh, you could. Uh, I would cut them back uh, when the the leaves are pretty, you know, looking kind of ragged. They're yellow or brown. And then you can cut them back to a few inches above the rhizome. Um, you can cover them. You don't really need to. They're pretty, uh, if they're bearded iris, they're, you know, or even Siberian iris, they're they're actually quite uh, hardy plants here. But again, and I've been saying it today, leaf mulch is a great uh, way to protect plants and then also use some of the leaves. And in the spring, you can just push them off of the plants, push that leaf mulch, and just leave it on your soil surface. It's an awesome place for uh, our overwintering insects like bees and other beneficials to uh, to live. So leaf mulch mm-hmm. is a great uh, thing to keep on your soil. It breaks down. It adds to your soil. It protects your plants for the winter, and it gives a, a good pollinator habitat. Remember that call we had a while back about a correction about lawn fertilization, high yes. nitrogen? We just got a message from your colleague, John Trappy. Oh, yeah. John, uh, what would you say? It says, that, well, you, you can read that. Chicago, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, but he's he, oh, he has a comment uh, about Chisago that. Master Gardener, Chisago County. Thank you, Master Gardeners. The university recommends the October lawn fertilizer application only for high maintenance lawns. Per John Trappy, excellent. Okay. Thank you. And that was referring to the gentleman who used to be in the lawn service business. I think he said, and that, that's correct. Yeah, I think and, his name was Doug. And he won. He said. Um, he high, said, high high nitrogen, yeah, this time high, of year, nitrogen now, but only for a high maintenance lawn in October. That's a more of a, more of a correction right, there. Very right. good. A little uh, more spe- specifics. Is it too late to dig up whole hostas and move them? Mm, you're getting down there. Uh, it depends on how badly you have to move them. If you want, if you're moving them just because, you know, you're renovating or you're doing something next spring or you just don't like where they are. Uh, that's one thing. If um, I would wait until spring to move them. Uh, but if you're moving them because you're doing construction and you're going to lose them, then I would move them now. But really, we're getting pretty pretty tight on time for uh, moving any perennials. They just don't have enough time to reestablish themselves before winter. And Now, hostas are pretty tough, I have to admit. Uh, you I've kept hostas over the winter out on the ground. <laughs> we have about a minute to go, Julie. Can I dig up my gladiola bulbs now the stems are still very green. Now that. I think so. Uh, I'm not a gladiola expert. I would have to look that one up. And we probably have that publication on our website. Or you can just, you know, go to any extension website, University of Wisconsin or Iowa, um, and uh, take a look at what they say about gladiolas. Also, the Gladiola Society, no doubt, has good information, too. Oh, yeah. I think you can. I think you could dig them up now, though. I'm pretty sure you'd want to do that, even if the stems are green. Uh, real fast, no comment, but dried <laughs> creeping Charlie flowers make a great addition of spice for many dishes. Who knew? 
You're that eating comes the from creeping the Charlie? Yes. I, I'm not. I don't think I would eat creeping Charlie. And I, the reason, here's the reason why. Because people treat creeping Charlie with pesticides. Yeah. Good point. Now, mm-hmm. for the benefit yes. with the abiders, when yes. is that and where is November it? November 3rd. It's at the Gale Woods Farm in Minnetrista. It's a benefit for the West Tonka Rotary. We are the band for the sixth year. There'll be 18 to 20 different vendors. Uh, it's called the Tonka Brew Fest. I've posted it out on my Facebook page. Um, but you can just Google TonkaBrewFest.org. Excellent. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, good to we'll see, see you. See you down see you the road. Week. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.